2: Welcome to Bet the Edge. It's Thursday, November 17th. Thank you everyone watching our NBC Sports YouTube channel. Drew, we finally have a meaningful Thursday night NFL game, my Ooh. man. We talked about the Eagles and Texans. We talked about the Falcons and Panthers, but now we get the Titans and Packers. Should be a great game tonight. We also can talk about Baylor and TCU because TCU continues to do it, but the books are telling us that magical run is coming to an end. So we're going to dig deep into that and then NBA tonight. Hopefully, you're not on the East Coast like myself. You're like Drew, and you can stay up and watch all the games starting at 10 p.m. and 10.30 Eastern tonight. But all that coming up more on Bet the Edge. Drew, how are we doing on this beautiful Thursday?
1: We're good, man. It's good to see you again. I uh, hope the betting week is treating you well. Uh, assume that uh, the your NBA continues to crush. Uh, excited to see what you have uh, in store for tonight's card because it's a tricky one. But uh, I am uh, finally, you're right. Finally, we have a meaningful uh, Thursday night football game. Um, the Titans have shocked the world. They shocked me. I thought this was a team that was uh, kind of secretly tanking heading into the season because of the way that they treated their roster, trading AJ Brown away, and not really addressing the wide receiving you know, wide receiver position, other than you know a developmental you know choice in the draft and uh and then you know beyond that uh just uh seeming like the you know they, they're they ready to move on from ryan tannehill it, it uh it didn't feel like a team that was really trying to compete but all they do is win Cat tip to mike <laughs> frable this guy you know he comes away, comes up with uh uh you know ways to get get his the best out of his team regardless of the state of the game regardless of the uh you know quality of the opponent he just you know delivers wins and um you know, I think if the ball bounces a little differently in that Kansas City game on uh, on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago, this team is six and two and they're sitting at the top of the AFC, which is unfreaking believable. Uh, you know, sorry, seven and two sitting at the top of the AFC. So you know, it's it's crazy how much they've overachieved so far this season. But guess what? The market doesn't care. They rate this team as still below average. They're three point dogs on the road to a Packers team that could barely manifest offense this season. Unbelievable. the uh, The disrespect for the Tennessee Titans continues, and uh, you know I, I can't say I, I strongly disagree with the side, um, but uh, you know case to be made here. If Tennessee can get their run game going against the weak Green Bay uh, Packers uh, run defense, then this could uh, could be a very interesting contest.
2: That's exactly where I'm targeting this prop market. I will say I almost had a scream DJ Khaled when you said all the tight things do is win because it's been wild. <laughs> 7-0, ATS in the last seven games. I mean, they just Amazing. continue to cover spreads. Then you look at the Packers, 0-5 ATS in the last five as a favorite. Um, and Packers getting all the money. You can see on the chart 73% of that handle uh, at points bet. So, you know, everyone saw Christian Watson, a.k.a. Randy Moss last week, and they were like, yeah, the Packers finally figured it out offensively. Aaron Rodgers is good now. Um, I don't know if I'm willing to believe in that. And when you, like you said, the running backs against the Packers have just destroyed them. I mean, six of the last seven guys have at least 70 yards on 4.8 yards per carry or higher. Tony Pollard, 115. Jamal Williams, 81. Singletary, 67. Brian Robinson, 73. Brees Hall, yeah. 116. Uh, yeah. You just keep going down the list, and these guys have shredded them. And Derek Henry, Faces the most eight man defender boxes. 38% of the times he runs has an eight man box, and he doesn't care. He still gets it done. I have him over 98 and a half rushing yards, Nicholas. I see you in the yeah. chat here. Um, it's up to 100, under and a half, 99 and a half. You know, everyone was on his over last week, and he uh, it was 106 and a half when it opened. He didn't come close to it, but that was his first under in five games. Yeah. Um, I like this game for him. Are, are you with me on Derek Henry?
1: Yeah. And I think you need to have a little bit of context because he was facing the, one of the best, if not the best defense in the NFL in the in the Denver Broncos on top of the fact that uh, it did seem like with the short week or, you know, not, not a short week necessarily, but with a, a week where he didn't get a ton of practice, where they're trying to take a little bit of the, uh, uh, you know, save, save a little bit of his juice for later in the season. Like they didn't really utilize him as much the last two weeks as you would have expected. Um, I think that does change here in this spot. I think a lot of it was kind of keeping him bottled, knowing that they were going to need him for this short week uh, and going up against a weak uh, rush defense. I mean, the Packers are going to be without Devontae Campbell. He matters. He is their best tackler by far. Uh, And uh, if this, uh, you know, if you have Derrick Henry running amok in the second level against sort of the smaller the lighter, uh, uh units that Green Bay likes to play defense with, then he's going to have some pop plays in this one. And I think uh, realistically expecting him to get into the 110, 120 range, kind of, uh, you know, sort of, a, a, you know, two or three plays that go for over 30 yards, I think is not unexpected in this one. Um, yep. So it, this, this could be, uh, you know, there's going to be plenty of, you know, two yards in a cloud of dust for Derrick Henry here. You know, they—they they, not every run is amazing. Obviously, they give him a lot of volume, um, but I would expect him to get about twenty-five touches in this game, uh, and somewhere in the hundred and fifteen to hundred twenty range for for uh, um, yardage would be my median expectation. So, uh, we're with you one hundred percent on uh, Derrick Henry.
2: Good. I'm glad to hear that because you were hot on Damian Pierce uh, the week before that. The running back situation—we <laughs> we had some good running backs, but uh, of course. Tyler Azier let us down. I think Henry is uh, a yeah. much more trustworthy running back, especially on a, a short week. Uh, 98% of the money is on Derek Henry's over at MGM, of course, okay. naturally. I mean, I don't know who really wants to throw money on the under. But then also bounce-back spot for the Titans, in a sense, in t- 2020, they lost to the Packers 40-14. to 14. Um, You know, teams remember games like that. Uh, they want to come back and make a difference. A lot of the same guys from that Titans team – are still here. The coaching staff is still here. So, I do like the Titans plus three, three and a half in this game if you can get it. Don't know if I'll go to the window with it because I like Henry tonight. But do you have an opinion on the total at all? Um, I feel like everyone thinks the Packers' offense is back, but this is Thursday night offense. The total is at forty-one, and you know no. the unders on prime time this year in nineteen eleven to the under.
1: Yeah, not you won't catch me betting an under in this game. Uh, in part because of what we, we were kind of just talking about, about the Titans offense, expecting them to find a little bit of success on the ground here. I would expect that the uh, Packers offense finds a little bit of success in through the air. Um, and that is because the, uh, the Titans are dealing with some meaningful injuries here. Uh, I know that kind of their most important piece, at least in my mind is Jeffrey Simmons and he's questionable. He has been trending not to play. Uh, and if he is out, then that makes me like the over all that much more. Um, but there are other key pieces missing as well. Um, you know, you're not going to have Bud Dupree available in this one. They just put Caleb Farley on IR. Uh, this Tennessee Titans defense is leaking oil, uh, big time in terms of just healthy bodies Um, and that's not good considering Green Bay seems to have maybe snapped out of their offensive funk after what we saw last week against the Cowboys now you can kind of say hey look uh, you know they caught a couple of uh, you know kind of uh, explosive plays finally they were way overdue to have some explosive plays we all know this but uh, and that's not necessarily sustainable but at the same time uh, if you know if Rodgers is bought in now to developing some of the younger players on this roster and the in the, uh, the pass catching unit, uh, then you could have Green Bay being a pretty decent bet on team, uh, bet on offense uh, as we come down the home stretch here. So this is uh, this is an overlook for me. Uh, and I uh, I make fair here. 43. So a decent amount of an edge there for me on the over.
2: Yeah, Total greens here. I, You know me. I play the unders almost every single Thursday, Sunday night and Monday night football game and uh, confidently at that. But this is one of the games where similar to the Saints and Cardinals a few weeks ago, I just was not feeling the under. I couldn't really get behind it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I had a couple texts last night. Someone texted me at one in the morning Eastern time said Aaron Rodgers under 36 and a half longest completion. Like you would have you had me every single week, but uh, not not anymore. Like Aaron Rodgers wants to figure it out. He wants to go deep. And this is actually the first time all season the Packers have had back to back home games um, within two weeks because they were supposed to have it. Technically, it was a three game home stretch because of their home team in London against the Giants, but they went from New England to London, or they went from Green Bay to London back to Green Bay. Um, So being at home on a Sunday than having a short week, that is a positive for the Packers. Um, But playing on Thursday night as football as we know is not a uh, positive for anybody usually so let's get into college football because we got some great games to talk about if you want more betting and DFS fantasy advice tonight though make sure you tune in NBC Sports YouTube channel myself Lawrence Jackson and Kyle Dvorak will be answering everyone's questions between the Titans and Packers again it's DFS uh, and betting and fantasy so if you got your lineup questions get them in because we get you take about 50 the 70 questions a night, and it's honestly wow. really fun on Thursday night football. So, I mean, everyone, you don't know who you're going to play on Sundays, my man. And when you got Lawrence <laughs> and Kyle, uh, they can help you out with that. Right now, I am Lawrence has been helping me a lot in uh, my fantasy league. I'm in a $200 fantasy league. I lost three starters week between weeks one and two, Drew,
1: uh-huh.
2: um, to injuries. Dak, Eli Mitchell, Cam Akers. Yeah. Uh, I started out one and six, and I'm now three and six, looking at a four and six week. Uh, day, so, you know what? Know. We're reeling.
0: And if you're in the same boat, come join us tonight, baby. We're trying to win. Dietz Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
0: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn?
1: This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay Bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license. Since pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP DBA Boomtown New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. In Virginia, call 1 888 532 3500. And in Louisiana, call 1 877 770 STOP. 1 877 770 7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1 800 Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www1800 gambler. Gambling problem call 8778 hope New York or text hope ny 467369 in New York
2: So uh let's talk a little TCU let's talk a little Baylor Horn Frogs land two and a half going to Baylor uh we talked about taking Texas last week it was my best bet they let me down um but what i really noticed was cuz i was talking to our producer Adam a couple days ago and i said TCU to make the playoffs is plus 230 on some books. Tennessee to make the playoffs is minus 350. They yeah. are telling you TCU is going to lose, but they continue because be a favorite here. So, uh, I mean, what are you looking at? Are any of your sharp friends playing a side or do you have a lean on the side? This is a tough one, man.
1: Yeah, I think that um, the fact that this is stuck at two and a half and hasn't moved to three is telling you all you need to know about this game and that uh, sort of there is resistance at that price point. Um, There is support here for Baylor to win outright. Um, Baylor is a team that I've had a really tough time getting a feel for and a gauge on this season. Um, I thought they were a lot better than they were at times, and then other times I've been dying to fade them, and they have kind of come through with uh, impressive performances. Um, So baylor bears and i have been on the wrong page for most of the season so it's tough for me to say i you know hey this is the spot fade tcu baylor gets it done um tcu being 10-0 and punching their ticket to the uh big 12 title game is uh is impressive but i agree with sort of the market's consensus that tennessee has already punched their ticket uh to the final four uh, I think there will be two teams represented from the SEC. The only thing that really throws a wrinkle in Tennessee's case isn't even what they do, because I think they win their next two games pretty comfortably. I think it's much more what happens with Georgia and the SEC title game. If they lose to like LSU or something, then the committee's going to be like, uh oh, we got to put LSU and Georgia in. Tennessee now all of a sudden on the outside looking in, even though they beat LSU head to head. So that's sort of the black swan for Tennessee as far as I can tell you. Um, but uh, ultimately I think, uh, you know, the the big 12 is going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to seeding the final four.
2: Yeah. That's, that's a great point too, about LSU, because, you know, they've been really just making a run the past five, six, seven weeks. And you've seen, you've watched from week one to week 10, week 11, and, I think LSU is arguably the most changed team. Has come the longest way sure. uh, this season, so that's going to be an interesting note worth watching. What happens with that title game? I will make a note that I love Baylor, and you you know this, Drew. Like Baylor basketball, last two years automatic for me. Baylor football, like 80s percent automatic for me. Um, but I do know that <laughs> Baylor as an underdog against TCU has been bad. Like yeah. one in five on the money line historically, two and four ATS. Um, you know, Baylor has functioned very well as an underdog this year, a three and one ATS money line and three and one to the over. And what I said last week about Max Duggan and his knee, he didn't look that great. I know he looked better than Quinn Ewers. Almost anybody could have looked better than Quinn Ewers last week. Uh, but <laughs> I like Baylor's defense. I think they're gonna keep this close. So once again, I'll probably be throwing some lunch money on that Baylor money line because, like I said, the books are just telling you that Baylor or the TCU is not gonna make the postseason. Um, so they got to lose. And someone who's lost on them two out of the last three weeks, I uh, might as well keep shooting my shot, Drew. Uh, I, I guess,
1: <laughs> let me ask you a question. Like, kind of surprised at their support for Baylor after how badly they looked last week, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's... I really I really thought this could have gotten across that was I was waiting. I was hoping. I thought this was gonna cross three, at which point play Baylor and and uh just hope for a good game. Um but yeah, I mean at home they lose 31 thirty-one three last week. Uh not even really competitive in that game. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm surprised that there's as much support as there is for uh for Baylor. There may be a little bit of a somebody is out there just um, you know, Martin Galing betting against the Horned Frogs.
2: Yeah, I think matchup wise that game for Baylor was so tough against Kansas State. Like, those teams, Kansas State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State, like three very comparable teams uh, matching up offensively and defensively. So I'm a huge Wildcat supporter. I didn't like Adrian Martinez, but the way he's been playing this year has talked me into Kansas State. So, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the bounce back. Today's a bounce back day for me, Drew. So uh, I will buy into Baylor's bounce back at home, another team that's playing two straight games at home. Um, briefly, let's touch, touch on UCA, USC and UCLA because um, I won't be playing a side because I have UCLA team total over eight and a half wins. They have eight. Oh. They just lost last <laughs> week to, to Arizona. Uh, so now I need a win here or a win next week. So I'm really stressing over UCLA. Um, but what I will note is the total in this game because the total has hit over four straight meetings. We had a bunch, we had two 65s, a 66, a 66 and a half. Now the market has corrected itself to 76. Uh, That is a huge (laughs) jump on the total. So, I mean, I'm looking at the under. Uh, What do you want in this game?
1: So the side in the total here tells me you're probably going to get a a note at some point this week that Mario Williams is going to go for USC. I can't imagine that this is that much support for an over and a, and a USC being two and a half point favorites in the spot if he is not available, but maybe, uh, maybe that still remains to be seen. Um, UCLA. uh, I, yeah, I, I really hope to get that win for you, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a UCLA guy, uh, you know, not interested whatsoever uh, in seeing the Trojans somehow backdoor their way into a a final four spot here. Um, But uh, it's, it's been a, yeah, I think it's been a good season overall for UCLA in terms of the growth you're seeing with that team. Uh, You know, the, the, um, the letdown last week against Arizona uh, and not, not except, you know, except for that, obviously. Um, But, you know, maybe a little bit of a look ahead spot, maybe kids thinking a little bit about this particular matchup and what it means in terms of their season and just the success of the program. So uh, I'm willing to give them a bit of a pass here. This is um, uh, this, this is a fun one to look for Bruins if it goes back to three. Uh, Otherwise I think you're probably looking for an in-game spot because when a total of 76 in a college football game of this sort of, spirit environment it's not going to be one-way traffic there's going to be some runs you're going to get both of these teams could realistically score three times in a row which means big big swings in the live betting market um so if, if i'm not going to get three with ucla before kickoff then i'm going to wait and try to find a spot in game where they are down one or two scores and uh and see if i can support a comeback because i i don't think this one's going to be decided until we get to the fourth quarter
2: yeah I, i'm with you i think um This game reminds me a little bit – the total at least reminds me a little bit of Wake Forest in North Carolina last week, a game where you could see both offenses exploding. You can get live betting value at 7 to 10 on either team throughout the game. Um, Earlier in the season, App State, North Carolina was another example of a team with two teams with a very, very high total. They just had a shootout, and you saw two to three touchdowns scored back-to-back on drives like you just said, Drew. And I actually live bet App State at that game um, plus 830 (laughs) on the money line and they scored twenty. They scored 31 points or something like that in the fourth quarter. Uh, not saying anyone's going to score 30, 20, 30 points in the fourth quarter of this game, but I wouldn't put it out of question between UCLA and USC. Both teams do not have much of a defense, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, USC, if they want to make the playoffs, they have to not only beat UCLA this week, but also have to beat Notre Dame uh, the following. So. Look ahead, spot for them. I love how you said UCLA was looking ahead to USC and <laughs> dropped an Arizona game. That's uh, it's all about these 18 to 22 year olds.
1: One of the things um, that might surprise people, UCLA actually has the better offense in this game.
2: I agree. I mean, Who, USC yeah. was amazing for the first four to five weeks. They were. But they've yeah. reverted back to like a great offense, but you know, not anything that they were like in the first month of the season.
1: I actually have UCLA rated right now as the third best offense in the in the country, which is unbelievable. Uh, USC, I have as seventh. Uh, Oregon, I have fourth. So uh, three, three Pac-12 offenses in the top 10 right now as currently constituted. Um, and Oregon, USC, UCLA, like the margin of difference between those teams in terms of rating is negligible. So again, if you can get plus three with uh, UCLA, I think that's the bet.
2: I ask you who's number one on that list offensively,
1: Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee.
2: So. <laughs> I uh, didn't want to assume, you Tennessee. know, what they say about assuming, but uh, yeah, that was a safe assumption, yeah. All right, So, I like that. Let's hope Tennessee gets in, man, for the sake of uh, for the sake of overs. Oh, I know, all right. So, NBA is up next. Before we do that, make sure you guys go ahead and download the Roto app, get all your breaking news for all the players all season long, stay out of the competition by favoriting players on the roster. Get all the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered straight to your phone. It's available in every app store today. And when we go live on shows like this, our primetime shows, Saturday College Football, or the Mackey Berry shows, you get that sent directly to your phone. Let us know that you're live. So make sure you guys go get the Roto World app. Let's talk about that late, late, late night we're going to be having here because I'm going to take my nap during the day. So I could stay up until two a.m. watching Nets and Blazers, Spurs and Kings, Pistons and Clippers. Drew, where do you want to go first in the NBA?
1: Well, we got to start with the hottest team in the NBA, and that's the Kings. I, uh, I know knew you saw it. them. I know you yeah. saw them hit. I know you saw them uh, light the light the beam uh, the oh, other cow. night after another impressive win. Um, they're an interesting story. For a lot of reasons, um, they started very, very slow. I remember a lot of people being like, "Man, why did I have any, 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 you know, expectation that these guys were going to be anything other than the same old Kangs?" And then they have completely turned it around. Um, they have, they are getting some of the most impressive uh, offensive performances in the league from uh, their young core of players. And uh, Mike Brown is so far getting; he, he is masterfully uh, maneuvering um, rotations and uh, and you know roles and responsibilities in a way that uh, is very exciting to see. Now, they are coming off of a very, very emotional game because it was like the first time they were on TNT in the something like 10 years. Uh, That's just approximate. I'm not exactly sure, but you know, they got a TNT game. They got a win in impressive fashion uh, over Kevin Durant and company on Tuesday. So, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit uh, tough for them to kind of replicate that energy. So this is a game where I'm going to be largely looking at uh, uh, trying to capture some value in game, but uh, the Kings, in my opinion, I have as a class, class, class above San Antonio. Now they're seven point favorites. So it's not like, um, you know, the market isn't aware of this, but, uh, you know, a, a game where, um, you know, San Antonio is, is kind of getting it done with smoke and mirrors in a lot of ways, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, realistically, Kings are going to be able to put together a run on this one at some point and uh, and likely cover this number. So not a huge edge for me, but uh, just excited about what they're doing in Sacramento right now.
2: Yeah, I, I watched that Spurs game the last outing um, against the Blazers. And, you know, that was a cover that I didn't feel like the Spurs really deserved. Uh, it was seven and a half and they lost by seven. Um, but, you know, the NBA, that's that's really how it is sometimes. But both these teams are great against the spread teams this season. Spurs are nine and six, uh, Kings 10 and three, Kings 5 and 0 in the last five. You see the Spurs 4 and 1 in the last five. So these are two very profitable teams so far this season. Um, what I will note, though, is the over in this game, sky high, 236, 237, whatever you can get. Um, I think when the total's that high, I'm automatically looking at player props, right? No, uh, sure. I did take DL on. Well, I'll, I'll make this note first. These are two of the top three pace teams in the NBA. Uh, yep. The Spurs are number one in pace. The Blazers are number three in pace. Um, so you should be looking at overs on the player prop market. And uh, I did lose on Damon Lillard the other day. He was my best bet at over 25 and a half points against the Spurs. He finished with 22 points and 11 assists. Um, I'm looking to come back on him tonight against the Nets. I'm looking to come back on De'Aaron Fox in this Kings game because of what Dillian Lillard was about, what he did against them. Um, so Fox right now sitting at 24 and a half points, juice to the over I'm seeing. And then his 31 and a half points in assist line is still out there. Uh, like I said, Lillard had 22 points and 11 assists. That's 33 on the Spurs. Thinking De'Aaron Fox, he only played 24 minutes against the Nets, is going to be pretty well rested. Uh, ready to go tonight, so um, I like De'Aaron Fox in that game over 24 and a half points, over 31 half points assists, and I like uh, I like my guy Dame Dalla against the Nets tonight. I think he's going to have a big showing. I don't think that Nets defense is good, Drew. Uh, we see Brooklyn <laughs> two point dogs at Portland. Um, you know, Portland's another team that's been very, very good against the spread this year Th- ten three and one four and one the last five. Um, what are you doing in this game?
1: I am efforting. Every power of my being to try to figure out if Yusuf Nurkic is playing. Nurkic moves the, this particular spread more than anyone would probably believe <laughs> because his particular um, matchup head-to-head against the, uh, the bigs for Brooklyn is in every category nurkic um yeah. so their their ability to kind of just withstand a bad shooting night and get offensive rebounds and continue you know and just really just in in general just have a, a solid offensive performance entirely in my opinion depends on his availability and, and on the other side of the court uh he's a he's a huge huge component to what they want to do as plan a defensively so uh if if we get word that nurkic is in um i'm firing 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 uh, Blazers. Um, and if Nurkic is out, then this is a pass. Um, if Nurkic is out and the line moves to four, I think there's still value there. I think his impact is that significant for this particular matchup. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I, the total doesn't really move either way for me, him in or out, because his impact is so significant in both offensive and defensive side of the ball in this particular contest, as far as I can tell you.
2: Yeah, I'll be looking directly at Nicholas Claxton props. If uh, if Nurkic is out yeah, in this game, it will uh, probably be a good points points or rebounds bet in that one. Jeremy Grant for the Blazers, another guy I'm targeting if Nurkic is out. He's been playing really well lately. I could see him yeah. being able to score and rebound. But, Drew, you hit the nail on the head. Nurkic is going to bully everybody on that Nets roster. Uh, it's yeah. a big deal if he's in. And, yeah. you know, uh, if this game starts about uh, 10 o'clock, I believe. Yeah, 10 o'clock Eastern. So – uh, you may have to wait until 9 9 to be placing a wager on this game, but as we know in the NBA, that's never a bad idea to wait uh, to place your bet. Last game to hit on briefly, probably the most unappealing game, to be honest, the Pistons <laughs> and Clippers. Uh, Clippers laying nine points. This is the first of a six-game road trip for the Detroit Pistons, so it could be a spot where they come out and they want to be aggressive and set the tone for this trip, but we do know that the Detroit Pistons are going to be a fade over the next two weeks more than likely um so are you going to start that fade tonight or are you going to wait and see
1: this is so 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 hard because i do not understand what the clippers are I don't get it at all. Uh, I don't get the vision. I don't really know exactly who cares about playing and what they what they ultimately want to do. I don't know why the market rates them as still, uh, you know, kind of a, a market favorite for the Western Conference. Like, I'm not seeing it at all so far with these guys and the idea that Kawhi Leonard is going to come riding to the rescue at some point. All right fine uh, best of luck to them you know, people who believe that paul george is questionable in this contest him potentially being out makes this a really unappealing game you mentioned yeah. that uh you know the pistons are are a fade and you know pistons it was going to be a weird season for them, regardless, because they kind, you know, they, they got they got the one over, number one overall two two years ago in Cade Cunningham, and they kind of need to show growth to kind of keep everybody employed and keep you know the the job going. But at the same time, the franchise would be better off losing. They invested in some free agents that are not working, uh, and Detroit just in general looks like a, a broken team. Cade Cunningham now out with a left shin, uh, and uh, Isaiah Stewart out uh, as well. Matters he's been pretty you know he had some some flashes uh and he's out with a uh with the toes so um I want to play. I want to take the points with the Pistons here, but uh, I need to kind of confirmation that Paul George isn't going to be available because you know the Clippers have been firing a lot of bullets of late to try to stay around five hundred. Um, and this is the kind of game where I could see them relinquish a decent lead and then just kind of try to flip the switch in the fourth quarter to close the gap and get out with an ugly win. I don't think this is a game where the Clippers are really trying to come in and flex and uh, and and win with margin. So um, Pistons or pass here and a point. Does that feel not great considering who the Pistons are going to be trotting out there?
2: Yeah, I'm with you here. I mean, I I don't love it. I'd I'd prefer to see who's in and out this game. We do know that if uh, your injury synopsis comes true in this game with Paul George being out, this line's probably coming down to six, six and a half,
1: I'd say. Yeah, that's, that's probably right. And I think the market is expecting him to go. I'll just yeah. say that. Like, I think the, the reason you would see this isn't, you know how sometimes bookmakers don't, you know, guys 50-50, and they'll just kind of set a number in the middle and, like, just let people figure it out, and it's just yeah. a little move either way. This feels more like an 80-20 they're expecting him to go. Um, So I would I would expect a pretty big move if he ultimately uh, is, it ends up sitting.
2: All right. That's how you break down that game for sure. There's nothing that... I entirely loving that one. I was looking at a Jaden Ivy Ivy fade, but I need to know Paul George is in before I take an under 17 and a half points on him without my boy Kate Cunningham in. Uh, Kate, man, I don't know if that shit injury is serious, but uh, he didn't look good in Boston, and since then he hasn't played. So uh, hopefully quick recoveries to them. And uh, also want to give my thoughts and prayers to the University of Virginia. Oh, yeah. um, they did cancel the game this weekend. Uh, very heartbreaking stuff from then. Hopefully everybody stays safe. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this show. Uh, make sure you guys check us out tonight on the primetime show, 7:00 Eastern on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, M- NFL on NBC actually, and then we'll be live Saturday for college football 2. Drew is back tomorrow. Make sure you follow my guy on Twitter at the well underscore IMV Money Sports. Make sure you go to NBC Sports Edge live, subscribe, and rate our podcast and show. We appreciate you guys. Have a good Thursday.